You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Tuesday, and today you'll hear an episode from our Takeover series. Every month, we ask a different practitioner or thought leader to host a series of interviews that cover a specific theme that's relevant to our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sangram here. Welcome to another takeover series for the Flip My Funnel podcast. I'm here with a very good friend of mine. Over the last year, I think we have connected on so many different levels, a part of the peak community, part of the Flip My Funnel. And I've also been using their services for a lot of the things that I produce in terms of video. So Amber, Amber Khan, she's the founder of Repurpose Den. She's an international best-selling author. And she also, this would get you, she's also an average runner. I think you're better than me, Amber. But Amber, thank you for, for joining me uh, and doing this series. Oh, thank you for having me. All right. So Amber, tell me and tell the audience, what is the name of your series and what is this series all about? All right. Well, this particular series is called Impactful Living. And the reason being, this is a series where we feature purpose-led leaders who are making a meaningful impact through their work and touching and changing lives of many. I love that. I love that. You know, what's interesting about it is that we have a lot of episodes on marketing, and I think this is going to give people a necessary break because ultimately, whatever you do, you got to have impact. So share a few people that you are going to interview and the topics that you're going to interview on uh, in the series. Yeah, sure. So uh, just one of them uh, is, is Claude Silver, who talks about building a culture of empathy. Then I have Mary Henderson. She based, is based in Australia, and she talks about how to commercialize your expertise into a profitable business, which a lot of us you know, uh, struggle with, especially those who are pivoting from, say, a corporate career and now looking into starting their own business. And then I am, I'm going to have uh, Daniel Priestley, who is the author of multiple books, one of them being Key Person of Influence, The Entrepreneurship Revolution. And with him, we're going to talk about some awesome stuff. He's just published yesterday a new book called um, How to Raise Entrepreneurial Kids. And, and we're going to talk a lot about that. Wow. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, almost every one of this sounds like a story worth going through. Uh, one of the things, and this is where we're going to end because this is going to be an introduction. So folks, as you're listening to this, you may be listening to the first interview that Amber did, maybe the last one. There's a whole series of about 10 or so that we're going to have in for you and we'll play every Tuesday and Thursday in the series. So, if, if, And it will tell you if this is the one, the first episode or is this the eighth episode so you can go figure out if you need to go back and watch some of or listen to some of these video interviews. But what's interesting, Amber, about all of this is there's a question that uh, Andy Stanley, someone that I follow, says in his book, Better Decision, Fewer Regrets. Mm. And he asked this very question that what story are you going to tell? And that is a very interesting question when you start going back in life, because each one of us has a story that we want to tell. And there is a story that people are writing right now that they don't know. And, and I think people need to recognize that. So I love the fact that you're creating this impactful living series that's going to help people to recognize and come out of their shell maybe a little bit and recognize that they have a story to tell. They're going to tell that story to their kids, their grandkids, or, or their neighbor or somebody. And hopefully the interviews that you're going to do is going to 
have them thinking about this and actually start writing their own story the way they want to. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the idea with all each one of those interviews is that I want people to go with at least one takeaway that they can implement right in their life just by listening to, you know, the guest stories or the challenges that they share during those interviews. And if we can just make a difference in one person's life, I know it would be all worth it. I love it. And again, this is what I love about this, this takeover series. You get such a different perspective. And Amber, you also bring in a global perspective because you have people from all over the world who are interviewing in the series. So Amber, again, thank you so much for doing it. All the information to connect to Amber, her company, her book, uh, and all the things that she does is going to be in the show notes. So check that out. And Amber, let's take it away. Awesome. Product first marketing, that is the topic of the hour. Hello, good day, greetings, bonjour, and salams to peeps from all around the world. Welcome to the live. Now, this particular series is called Impact 2.0, where we feature some kick-ass leaders making a dent in the universe in their own special way. Stick around till the end, and I promise you that you'll walk away with at least one, if not more practical yet scrumptious takeaways from each of these live sessions, like an ice cream sundae topped with heavy whipped cream, melted dark chocolate, and a dash of gold dust. But most importantly, if you turn up live, you will get a chance to ask each guest questions that are bugging you like an itch that can't be scratched. Now, my today's guest believes that your product experience is not only a differentiator, but the foundation for the brand and the fuel for the growth engine. He's the CMO and president of Reflect and turned it into the number one enterprise AR startup today. So will you please put your virtual hands together to welcome my fantabulous guest, Dirk Shaw. <laughs> Thanks, Amber. <laughs> I love the music, by the way. <laughs> oh, awesome, awesome. How are you doing there? <laughs> I'm great. Thanks a okay. lot. And and did I pronounce your name correctly? I hope I did. Perfect. Oh, Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I hate to get people's name wrong. I don't know. That's good. <laughs> All right, German name. Now, before we get into the pancakes and syrup of this conversation, we are going to start off this show with a quick fire round. Are you ready? Absolutely. All right, let's go. What's the most regrettable fashion style you've ever worn? <laughs> so I don't regret it. <laughs> and I still believe it's great style, but my wife would say it was ridiculous, right? So <laughs> years, many years ago, I, I used to play in, in, in heavy metal bands. Oh, uh, wow. And uh, I still love that, that kind of music. Um, and the style was, of course, you know, black, everything black. And then these beautiful rock star boots. <laughs> and I had them, I had them in purple. I have to say it slipped maybe a little bit too much, uh, but <laughs> I, I loved it. So. <laughs> and, uh, and my wife said she would never go out with me like that. Um, <laughs> but I don't regret that. It was really cool. <laughs> awesome. I'm sure you did. I would love to get a picture of you in that as well. <laughs> I don't have one. <laughs> All right. If you could only read one book over and over again for the rest of your life, which one would it be? It's really a challenging question. Um, mm. But I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I kind of had two, but now I let the audience decide. Um, I have Behind the Cloud from Mark Benioff. 
which is uh, oh, yes. a book I can yeah, read over and over book, again. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, we marketers always talk about having a, a CEO who understands marketing. Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't only understand marketing, he's really great. Uh, and the second one is uh, a um, trillion dollar coach um, from uh, um, Bill Campbell. It's not written by Bill Campbell, but it's about Bill Campbell, one of the well-known advisors to Steve Jobs and many other people in the Silicon right. Valley. Um, it's really great if you want to learn about uh, about that, that that guy, how he mentored uh, uh, these these people in in the Valley. And uh, it's a great book. Can recommend okay. both of them. Okay, noted. Duly noted. Now, if you could take three things to a desert island, what would they be? This is my favorite question to ask each guest, by the way. I know. It's three, three. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Everybody gives me such quirky yeah. answers. <laughs> I, I, I take my family. Does that count as one? Yeah. Uh, um. I have to take my phone. There's no other way. Okay, good. <laughs> and, I, and, and I take my guitar. Coming back. Are you to taking guitar? <laughs> All right. Do you still play music? Yeah. Like, all right. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. What's the best advice you've ever been given? Show me, don't tell me. Show me, don't tell me. Oh, and, yes. Yeah. I think. Well, when I when I started in the, when I, the, the first time I, I I went to the Silicon Valley, one of my mentors said that. After I did a terrible pitch, uh, mm-hmm. and I realized it right after it, and uh, he just said, "Show me, don't tell me." Yes. So I never forgot that. Yeah, and I, that's I think that's a great advice for anybody, anybody in the entrepreneurial world, or yeah. you know, even in your career. Um, lastly, if you could have any superhuman power, what would it be? Patience. <laughs> yes, that we all need it. <laughs> that is actually I'm a good one. Extremely impatient, <laughs> and I annoy people a lot like that. Yeah. So I would yeah. say patience would be good. <laughs> I, I love that superpower, and I am um, yeah. uh, because um, uh, none of my other guests have mentioned, it, and I'm quite surprised that you have chosen that as your superpower. But I think that's that's one power most of us need to succeed in life. Yeah. Uh, hello, Kaleem, Amy, our a peak fellow members are, are here uh, joining us. Thank you guys for joining us. All right, Dirk, you rocked that quick fire round. And I believe that calls for a quick celebration. <laughs> celebration. So we have to do that more often. I like that show. <laughs> but next time I would choose the music. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's now time to get into the pancakes and syrup of this conversation. Yeah. Now, Dirk, imagine that I'm holding a pair of boxing gloves. Could you take these gloves and smash for me and not my face, please, but some kind of product marketing myth, a bogus strategy or a misconception and set the record straight once and for all? Yeah, it's a great question. I would say marketers, and it's a myth, it's a myth. Marketers understand their own products. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> right? It's, it's kind of, let Make me it like, explain it. Yeah, it's like, you know, we always say, as a marketer, you need to understand your market, right? You need hmm. to understand what is the problem and, and all of these things, right? But then I see, yes, we dive deep into that and even 
that we don't understand 100%. We don't, we, we don't spend time on it. We already jump and go to the acquisition channels. Mm. But then ask, ask, ask the marketers about how much they understand about their own products. Mm. And, and I'm quite sure you, you find a lot. They can, they, can, they can write the copy for the, the website and stuff like that. Yeah. But if you would ask them to roll it, the, roll it out or provide support or something like that, yeah. it's over. So uh-huh. that's for me the, the biggest myth. Biggest myth. All oh, right. Yeah. I love that because, I mean, I, I know you're talking from, you've worked with many um, SaaS tech-based businesses and in your um, experience, that's what you have seen, um, that uh, most most of them are too close to it uh, and, and do not, they can probably do this for somebody else, but to their own product, they're just too close to it. Uh, no, it's the opposite. Um, sorry if, I, if, that was, uh, if that was misleading. It's the opposite for me. Um, you know, writing about a product, but really understanding it, there are two different things, right? And I, and I often see that marketers are too far away. Mm. Right? They're, not, they're not close to, to, to the oh. product uh, just because uh, they, uh, they are not involved with the product team, especially the smaller startups. Take their early growth based startups, yeah. right? Uh, and, and, and as a marketer, you have so many things to do, right? It's kind of, it's overwhelming, uh, you have to look for everything. You have to build a brand, uh, drive demand, and build a growth model, um, help HR to build uh, employer branding, uh, mm. help support to uh, build a knowledge center. There's, there's, there's a bunch of things to do, right? So there's but disconnection, I, what you're saying. There's a disconnection uh, from, from my point of view, and I see that very often, uh, mm. especially the, as I said, the, the earlier stage startups. Uh, mm. there's, there's also then sometimes, it depends on the product, of course, uh, mm. A lack of technical understanding because we're talking mm. about software, right? And mm. the understanding how software is built is for me mm. essential to 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 uh, to talk about. Mm. And and what do you think is is instead of so if if startups were in that position, like what sh- what should they be or what should the founders be doing next so that they can tackle this issue straight on? Um, first of all. Or I talk about the founders having the right understanding of marketing, right? But we don't we don't need to go too, too far into that. That's a mm. that's a, a very general thing, right? Mm. Uh, we, we talked about that before in SOSY. I mentioned uh, uh, Mark Benioff. If you have a CEO mm. who does not get marketing, uh, forget it, right? Uh. It's not going to work. Mm. Um, but the 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 other side is, you know, as I said understanding the market and all of these things. Um, that that's one thing, and that's by the way. Exactly the point why I came up with the product first marketing approach, right? Mm. I said, look, you have limited resources, right? At the same time, you have all of these things to do. Mm. So it starts when you, when you, when you, when you begin with the positioning, you, you, you want to position your company, you want to position your product. Uh, okay. So how are you going to do all of those things? And that's why I said, mm. okay, why don't you focus on the product, on the product mm. experience? This is the core of your model. This is where you can, you know, really build a, a, an engine. Uh, so why don't you position your product? Don't, mm. t- don't care about the company that will come later uh, mm. and focus on that. So my, my idea is really to focus on everything around the product experience um, and therefore you need to be connected. And it helps. Um, it's, mm. it's based on our own experience, right? Mm. We, we had all of these things um, and, and you know how it is today. Uh, you have product, you have marketing, you have customer success and, and you have sales. Hmm. And then you have these old school guys. <laughs> I don't know if you're, I've got a lot of sales folks here on the call, but you have, <laughs> especially these old school sales folks say, well, look, 
there is marketing and they bring me the leads uh, mm. and then they're out, right? Mm. And that's and that's ridiculous, right? And mm. So for me, that's bullshit. Mm. Uh, there, this is this is a long journey, right? And, and there's yeah. so many things we will come to that yeah. where where you need to have the teams aligned. So if you align them around the product experience, you have sales, marketing, customer success, um, and marketing all 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 together uh, aligned. And 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 I think it's for me it's easier to work to be honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. in, in that way. Yeah. Yeah. A- Amy totally agrees with you there that yes, t- traditional marketers are too far away, uh, from <laughs> the product. Uh, and, and would yeah. you say, um, that, um, from the beginning, the founders should have this focus of bringing the product marketing, branding, customer success together. I mean, should they be like, Oh, okay, we'll worry about it a year later. Or like, or from the beginning, the, this should be the focus so that they are able to under, truly understand their product. Yeah, I mean, okay, I, I remember when we started um, and, uh, and I still have in mind when, when my CEO came and, and he gave me a, a piece of paper with a couple of thoughts on it uh, about the product. And we have, a, we have a complex product or our first product is a complex product, mm. right? Uh, it's it's a uh, it's a it's a content platform to build AR enhanced instructions. So and mm. instead of uh, reading a, a paper manual how to repair your coffee machine, you get your instructions uh, displayed uh, on onto the product. Now yeah. this is still a complex technology, yeah. right? And he gave me that piece of paper and said, "Well, look, this is what it is. Now we need to explain that in a in a simple way." So it took mm. me time to understand it. Uh, and to understand all the different processes happening in the product yeah. uh, with different audiences like the creators and the end users and all of that. And I never forgot that, to be honest. I always, I, I'm always thinking about that uh, when, I, when, I, when I talk about marketing because that shows how difficult it is uh, to yeah. translate something very technical uh, and, and figure out, you know, how can you simplify that? Yeah, uh, and, yeah. And, and really, you know, turn it in something people really understand without all of that bullshit, like, you know, innovative and uh, top notch and all of that stuff, which nobody knows needs. Yeah. So um, and, and, and therefore, I think if you understand as a marketer um, how, especially in the SaaS world, right, in the tech world, uh, what is behind there? Uh, mm. How does software work? How do you build software? Yeah. Um, and, you know, what are all these methodologies behind it that makes it easier f- to, to, to explain all of that? And mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time uh, with our head of R&D. Uh, mm-hmm. We sat down kind of every week and we broke blog posts together. Right. Yeah. And I said, look, I want to write about these smart glasses. So I had an idea. I wrote about it. And then he came in and he, he said, well, look, yeah, but this is not right. And, you know. You have to adopt this, and that's what, 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 how, how I how I learn uh, a lot, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I, I I'm not a, I, I don't want to call myself a programmer, but I programmed mm-hmm. when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a scrum master, so I'm, I'm even a patent holder, so yeah. I, I I understand that part, and that's also mm-hmm. why I know how hard it is. So I think you need to take time with the engineers to really understand that it makes it much easier to explain it. Um, yeah. And and that's for me a, a key a key criteria. Um, as a as a marketer in the tech or SaaS world. Oh yeah, I agree. Uh, sorry, it was it was Kim earlier. The comment shared it wasn't Amy. <laughs> I think this comment was shared by Kim Murray, uh, who's also our fellow Peak Community member. But yeah, I, I totally agree that um, especially the, uh, with tech products, 
because they are technical by nature, right? So yeah. uh, the difficulty with that uh, compared to, let's say, service-based or based business, or you had a salon or different kind of business, is that there is, there's complexity involved, which means that now we need to explain a little bit more uh, to our team members um, um, and also to our customers in a way that makes sense to everybody. So everybody is not a programmer, everybody's not a techie, so they're not going to be able to understand that jargon, but you still need to bring them on board, right, uh, with what yeah. you're trying to do. And, and that can only be done by simplifying what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I mean, I see that when I onboard uh, uh, new team members hmm. um, and, and they have a different background. I mean, it's not enough to give them the application and show them uh, the application for 10 or 15 minutes. Um, what I what I also love to do is well, look, send them out with the sales team, let them talk hmm. to customers, um, let them hear the question of, of customers, right? Because mm. uh, then you realize, okay, what's important for the customers? What mm. do they want to know? What do they maybe not understand there with all of that stuff uh, you, you, you build in the marketing team, right? And it yeah. happens to me all the time also that I say, okay, well, I built that and then I'm on a call and I think, okay, uh, it's not really helpful what we built there, right? Um, yeah. So you need, to be, you need to be close to all of it. And that's why I say in a summary, if you're close to your product and you really understand your product, mm. um, you have it much easier. You, you also avoid all of these discussions, right? Mm. Product is not going to come and tell you, you don't know what you're writing about. Why do mm. you describe all of these features we don't have? Mm. Um, this is one of the things, right, which happens. The sales team does yeah. not come and tell you, well, you're, 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 the content you create is not, is not really what we need and all of that stuff. Yeah. So if you're close to the product, if you're kind of the core of it and, and focus on that, um, you avoid all of these discussions. Yeah, yeah. And would you say that as founders of a SaaS a startup or, a, you know, any tech startup for that matter, what would you say um, the first few activities the founder should be involved with? Should it be the, the programming side of it? Should it be the, the marketing side of it, the branding side of it? What should be at the forefront of it to make sure that what they are trying to do is understood? by the very audience they're trying to make it for? Well, if you have the, the, the really early stage uh, uh, startup, I think the founder has to do almost everything. Mm. Um, it's just, you know, you, you cannot just say, okay, focus only on one thing. Of course, a, a founder is involved in the product, but depending on whether you have a technical founder or, or a non-technical founder, right? Usually most of the founders are, have a technical background, so they're involved in the product, uh, which mm. is essentially because usually they have the vision. Uh, on how to solve a problem. Uh, so it's kind of their baby, how to do that. Mm. But at the same time, you know, um, everything which is around, around marketing, for me, it's, it's really essential to have a CEO. And, and our, our CEO understands marketing. Mm. Um, he, he, he challenges messaging um, with, with, with me, uh, which is sometimes an annoying, of course, uh, if, if you have to do that all the time. But yeah. it's also very valuable. Uh, yeah. So he, 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 he does all of these things, but um, also, you know, going out and re representing. I mean, it's nothing better than when you have a CEO you can position. Mm. Um, it's, a, it's a great thing if you position your, your CEO as a thought leader. Um, so these, these are the things that are in the, in the branding. I think it's, it's very valuable to have the CEO in the product. It's definitely very valuable. Uh, yeah. But also in sales, uh, you know, if, 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 uh, if, you go, if you go on sales calls and you have, uh, depending on your audience, but you, so we have large enterprises, 
Um, and uh, and then you know if you're stuck maybe at a at a certain point and you involve your CEO, you know that's also a message. It's yeah. just a, a different level of uh, trust and credibility. So I yeah. think um, you have to be careful with the resources of a founder, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's very challenging. Hmm. But uh, coming back again to Mark Benioff, mm-hmm. um, driving marketing is definitely it, one of the one of the activities a founder should uh, should be involved in. I, I remember reading, I think it, uh, a report which came out, I don't know, a year or two ago, produced probably by Inc or uh, something in which they mentioned that uh, the f- uh, the future CEOs will be the current CMOs of organizations. <laughs> Um, um, you know, because it never used to happen that way, right? Usually it would be the sales head of sales yeah. or, you know, who would become CEO. But, you know, now they're they're seeing the potential of marketers in, into becoming CEOs and leaders of the companies. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a big friend of this, you know, the CMO is the new CEO. And the CPO is a new CRO and the CMO is now a chief market officer. <laughs> I don't care. Um, yeah. You know, we have to get the shit done. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's what is important. Yeah, it's, and it's, I know we have all of these discussions. It's like marketing needs to own the pipeline. Marketing needs yeah. to own revenue. Yeah, that's fine. And then I always ask also internally and I say, okay, if we own the pipeline, if we own the revenue, sales guys, yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah. You have vacation or sabbatical or what are you going to do? So yeah. um, seriously, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of that. But I think the, and, and all of these roles are changing, right? And I'm really thankful, for instance, for, for, for having a role like a CRO, right? Which is, which is very close uh, to, to marketing. Um, my, 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 my dream would be to have one team. I don't want to have a sales and a marketing team. Mm. I think that, that that's something which, which does not, which does not really help us. Hmm. Um, whether the CMO now changes in 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 in, in the way uh, the role um, will change in the future, I think it depends a lot also on what kind of company, what kind of hmm. company size, uh, what kind of business. It's 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 very it's very different um, to 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 say. Well, there is one specific CMO role, um, but um, I think. The, the 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 marketing, especially in the tech and in the SaaS world, mm. uh, where where marketing changed from my point of view. Not everyone realized it, maybe, mm. but mm. Uh, there, there is definitely a, a change, and you see that with growth, for instance, right? There is growth now a part, and I'm not talking about growth hacking, but I'm not, not a fan mm. of hacking. Mm. Uh, there is no there is no short uh, cuts and hacks, mm. um, but uh, there there's a lot of things, and we will have new topics. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, look, look at what 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 uh, what COVID um, triggered. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Um, and, and I, I can I, I see it in our case, right? Buyers' behavior is different. Um, we we see a lot of more B two C things in B two B. Finally, mm-hmm. I'm really happy about that. So that's maybe something which can change, especially for B two B marketers. Don't mm-hmm. be so boring anymore yes. because these B two B buyers they also have Netflix at home and they have Amazon at home. They probably also have an iPad. So, you know, don't give them that old and traditional shit. Yeah. Uh, and I think that will change also the role, uh, kind of more, more an experience uh, uh, of marketing instead of uh, just uh, the boring stuff we had in the past. Yeah. Time. 
I mean, I, I see uh, um, where marketers miss out is when they don't speak to the situation of the prospect of the audience. So what I mean by that is that, okay, two people can have the same problem, you know, and they could, you could be selling the same product to them, right? But they're in totally different situations. For example, uh, w- one person could be a mom which has to juggle with kids at home now that they're all at home. The other person may be a single person. Both have exact same problem, can have the exact same problem of trying to lose weight, for example. I'm just, you know, but the point is that the way you speak to them would have to be different. The message that they hear has to speak to their circumstance situation and not just the problem that they have. I see a lot of marketers missing out on that. What what do you think? Yeah, that's a great point. I like that Um, because it brings the the psychology a little bit into the game. And and I'm Mm -hmm. a big fan of that. Um, You know, and. I, I I actually started my my I studied uh, marketing communication science, but I started my career in sales. Um, and one of the first things I, I learned is exactly what you described, right? Yeah. Uh, people are in different situations. So if a customer in a call is not uh, having a good moment, um, maybe you know he or she got fired yeah. ten minutes uh, before. So you, it, it, it's about the situation and you have to be very, very uh, situational and smart to, to figure out what's yeah. the background there. And I think salespeople are really good at that. Marketing people, maybe, mm. maybe not that good because we are not that close to the customers. Um, but, and you see that in many things, right? I, I, um, I, I had to do the marketing for a lot of early stage technologies in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fun on one side, but also very mm-hmm. challenging on the other side. And one of the things which fits to that is, um, you know, the different the different content and everything you 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 provide to the people. Are they are they aware of a of a solution? Are they unaware of it? Mm. Um, and 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 all of these things play a role. And we just throw the content at them, right? We say, well, here it is. You read the website, and there is it. And take a free trial and do it. And they maybe even don't get anything about that, right? Or, or, or then now with with the because we talked about the change, um, we see all of these buying committees where now instead of one person, there are five uh, people involved, right? You need to figure out what is their motivation, mm. right? Because their motivation is not only the economic value. Ah, yeah, we save money. But there's social motivation. There's reputation. There's career. There's so many things. So. You have to, we marketers, we marketers really need to, to, to have kind of the, the knowledge of a, uh, the, the psychology, psychology background there um, yes. in order to figure out which situation our, our buyers and our users are. Yeah, yeah. I fully totally agree. agree. And, and I think I, I refer a lot of fellas, men, I always mention this, is, is, is that um, to me, the essence of marketing lies in psychology. It lies in understanding human behavior. I see marketing as, as that where, you know, because I see majority of them do not, majority of marketers do not pay attention to it and do not, um, you know, do not even study it. I know that in marketing degrees, psychology is not re- much a part of it unless you have taken that as, you know, a, 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 in your own initiative. Um, but I, I see that's where uh, salespeople get it. Because they've usually been through that exercise. They are in, in the trenches. They are speaking to the customers. And they're usually trained uh, on, on, on that um, 
psychology of human behavior and marketers don't. And that's why I see that maybe in a, a lot of startups that it do uh, for founders or um, other team members to get, you know, bury themselves in the trenches, go for sales so that you're able to understand uh, the human psychology behind what you're trying to do. And then of course you can slowly, you know, divide that into different roles and, you know, do something else. But uh, I mean, I, I see that a lot uh, of the times when this, uh, one business is successful and the other uh, isn't, and it's usually down to how well they understand their customer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, for, for us, you know, it's a persona. Mm. Right? And that persona is on a slide uh, in, mm. in, in our slide deck and, and, and that's where it is documented and that's it. Uh, but it's not only a person, there's a human, a human being behind. Yeah. Uh, there's a real person yeah. behind it, right? And that real person is not always like uh, shown on the slides. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There is a lot of different situations there. Uh, yeah. And therefore, yeah, that, that's, I fully agree. That therefore, it's very helpful to, to be uh, uh, out with the customers. And, um, um, and we, we learned and to, to maybe also connect it a little bit to the, to the, to the product first approach there. Yeah. Um, I learned a lot about that when I started to to really dive into the onboarding topic, which is for me a kind of a core part of the whole um, of the whole approach, right? Um, yeah. You see, uh, because there you have you have the possibility to be really close to customers, and you really see what's going on there. Yeah. Uh, what are their needs? How do they want to use the product? What kind of problems do they really want to solve? Right mm-hmm. early in the customer journey, yeah, you hear about that, but especially right um, with what we do or many startups do in tech uh, when technologies are new. Yeah, you know, you, you, you might know it, but you, you want to have that tool, but you don't even exactly know how you're going to use it. Mm. But then once you are in the onboarding phase and, the, you know, there's a commitment behind it, then you can really learn uh, mm. about how customers use your product, what they need for it, where are the issues, where they are struggling with their teams. Um, and that's why, why, why I love to be very close and like to use the whole onboarding thing um, mm-hmm. for, for, for the marketing, because this yeah. is where you can learn. This is kind of the heart of it, uh, where, you, where you connect them to the product. And that's what I mean also with, you know, when, when I say be, 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 uh, be close to the product and use that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is no better, there is no better part than, than the onboarding part mm-hmm. uh, where you also can support it because who, who is doing that? Right, it's the it's the the PSO folks and rollout and support is involved and all of that, uh, yeah. and that's great because they have the technical capabilities. Well, we marketers know the people, uh, we know what they need. Well, I mean, we, we took care of them the, the the whole journey. Why not taking that step and taking them through the product experience journey, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, and 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 that's when when and and we had the same the same issue, right? We we turned one of our products. Uh, which was more a sales, a sales led top down mm-hmm. approach um, into a more bottoms up uh, uh, model. Um, mm-hmm. Still not 100% done, but then we realized we had to do the onboarding. Now, what are we going to do? Is it a personalized onboarding? Is this some kind of an automated onboarding through landing pages and stuff like that or videos? Um, and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a great idea and it didn't work. And we said, what's the problem? Uh, and uh, and we dived deep into the onboarding, uh, and we 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 we, uh, we saw so many things there we can improve. We we kind of shortened the whole thing from twenty steps to seven, um, yeah. and and all of that. And then at the end, 
you know, you can use all of that hmm. um, and use it for your branding. Yes. Uh, and, yeah. uh, and, and, and they're great examples. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you heard about uh, a superhuman, the, no. the email client. No. no. Okay. Well, I, 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 maybe, maybe, maybe let's, exa- let, let's explain yeah. that, that example because it's, uh, it's interesting also for the audience. Um, so superhuman is, a, is an email client, right? Right. So now if I say email client, you'd say, well, that's boring. Nobody needs an email client because um, I have Outlook or I have Gmail or whatever. Hmm. Um, but it, there, it's like one year, a year ago or one and a half years ago, uh, if, you, if you were on Twitter, you would see superhuman everywhere. Not because of their email client, but because of their personalized onboarding. Right. So if you wanted to purchase their product, you could uh, get on a waiting list. Yeah. And then instead of just rolling out the product, you yeah. installing it and using it, you had to go through a 30 or still, you still have to go through 30 yeah. minutes onboarding call. Oh, I love that. Yeah. The surprising thing for the first, I don't know how many thousand users was that their CEO was doing that. So he showed oh, up wow. in the call. He did the onboarding and people freaked out and said, wow, <laughs> there was a CEO. He did the onboarding with you personally. And they, oh, they, they tweeted that. They put it on LinkedIn and everywhere. TechCrunch got, 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 yeah. got, uh, got the uh, awareness. So and they brought them on TechCrunch and everywhere. There, there's a lot of articles around the onboarding of, of Superhuman. Yeah. And for me, that's, that's an, a great example of, you know, how you use your product experience yeah. uh, for your branding because it's much more believable, right? Yes. Uh, if you yes. as a company talk about how great you are, Nobody believes us that. Yes. Uh, but if you use your product experience, people leave that and say, hey, I, that, that onboarding experience, that was excellent. Now I know yeah. all the features. Now, I, Otherwise, nobody would care about an email client. Yeah. And that's for me, the, 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 one of these examples. So I say, well, look, this is what we can use as marketers. And mm. how, many, how many marketers use onboarding uh, as one of, their, uh, one of their channels? I don't yeah. know many, uh, to be very yeah. honest. Yeah. Yes, and, not and, many. As a brilliant strategy, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, that was. I have to. I have to. I have to thank the guys from Superhuman because that yeah. was the reason why I came up with the with the with the whole idea of the product first marketing approach. Yeah, yeah. So so let's talk more about the product first approach because you know uh, as I open today's talk with your quote, which in which you said your product experience is not only a differentiator, but the foundation for the brand and the fuel for the growth engine. So let's expand a little bit more on that relationship between the product and the brand differentiator. Yeah. Um, well, let me call it the, the product and the company differentiator, right? Hmm. Um, that's what I, what, I, what I said before, um, you know, especially startups in an early phase, there's limited budget. Uh, there are no, not, not much of, uh, of, of, of resources available. So you have to focus. Hmm. And, and I've seen that a lot, you know, that, that startups in what they, they, there's a founder, the founder has a vision, knows what he wants to build or she wants to build. Uh, and then marketing, start positioning and all of that stuff. And then you start positioning the company, you start positioning your product, you start with all of that stuff. And then you realize we're lost because hmm. you have all of these different messages and everything. And I said, and, and, and that came also when I, I, I mentor startups for the, for the German accelerator in the Silicon Valley. Uh, hmm. and, and I saw that and they struggled with that. And they said, oh, well, should we start with the company or should we talk about the product? And I said, no, look, hmm. focus on the product. It's just product first marketing uh, is, is, a, is an approach which helps you to focus. It gives you guardrails, right? Mm. And it does not mean that you don't talk about the company. Of course not. Mm. You have Coca-Cola, 
or GE or whatever. Of course, they talk about the company, but they don't. Mm-hmm. They have the resources. So mm-hmm. as as a, as a startup, you don't have the resource. So focus, focus mm-hmm. on the product, build it around experience, and uh, and that's for me. It's for me key. It helped us. Only we made the same mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. I I I can uh, 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 show my old messaging uh, staff, and then we had exactly the same the same problems. Mm-hmm. That's why I said let's start with the product experience because that's what you really have. Mm. Um, and, and, and that's the most believable part of everything. Um, and, uh, it's kind of, you can scale that, right. You can scale mm. that everywhere. And, and the brand is for me. Um, I think we also talked about that in, in, in preparing the session and brand is for me much more than a, uh, a brand is more than people. They say, well, you, you don't need a brand as a startup and stuff like that. You know, okay. Not a bullshit. Yeah, you do. Um, yeah. it, it's just, you know, in our case, we sell to enterprise. We sell to large enterprises. So how mm-hmm. should I sell to Siemens or, or any of these companies yeah. without yeah. having a brand? There's yes, no way. Exactly. They, 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 they kick me out immediately, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but now the same, the same game, right? I can, I can now look for the positioning and brand building of the company or yeah. I can use the, 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 the product experience. As I said, mm-hmm. well, whether it is the onboarding or you take it one step further after the onboarding, mm-hmm. Your users are using the product. They like the product. So you easily get customer reviews, all of mm. these things. So everything is around the, 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 the product experience itself, which makes mm. it easier because you have it anyway. You don't mm. need to, to build anything else. Yeah. And that was for me kind of the, the, the starting point uh, after, after seeing so many market startups uh, struggling with that and uh, kind of being yeah. disconnected. Well, we talked about that part. Uh, mm-hmm. But also kind of wasting, wasting their resources uh, with doing too many things at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one company name which comes to my mind, um, the app Evernote. Do you use Evernote? This app called Evernote. Uh, this app yeah, yeah. called Evernote. Yeah. Right. Um, so, I mean, I love the app. I've been using it for years now, but I know that app like Evernote, I just use it for mainly simple reasons you know just taking notes and you know so that i can go back to it and then i just i know how okay create notebooks but there's so much more to evernote that if they did something like what you shared the superhuman strategy right to because i'm on a free plan i'm on a free plan i'm not buying their income because i don't understand the complexities of how it can be used i don't get it and i'm not bothered but if they onboarded me that superhuman way I am pretty sure that I would have been a paid member of the app. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, uh, it's great that you brought it up um, because uh, um, Evernote is probably one of the best examples uh, um, of uh, not, uh, uh, not uh, using the best, uh, the best uh, avenue there. Yeah. Um, they have, they, they're releasing features or features and features. And I don't know how many features they have. Yeah. Uh, nobody is using it and they're not, they're not growing, uh, rapidly. And, and that's yeah. the reason. Yeah. Uh, people don't know how to use it and what to use it for. Yes. Use it, but you could also use, uh, Apple notes or something else. It's just, yeah. uh, uh, the same thing, right? You use probably yeah. 20% of it. So if they yeah. would, if they would do that, the, the onboarding better. Um, I'm quite sure they would have a completely different adoption. Oh yes. Um, so this this is a really a best case example of um, not using a product first marketing approach. Uh, yeah. They use whatever approach. I, I like the tool to be honest, I, and I and I use yeah, it. But yeah. I'm always kind of, hey, no, I don't want to use it anymore. And then now they have a. I see that every day there's an update. 
every day yeah. there's an update and I don't know what it is about. Right. So hmm. um, they're not yeah. doing a good job there. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, I love the app as, as well, but like I said, that they could have done so much more with it. There, it's, it's, it, it, there is so much capability in the app that a, a normal person using it, a normal consumer does not know, doesn't use probably 95% of what it can do. Uh, right yeah. and they're missing out on it so yeah maybe uh, then uh, you need to write an email <laughs> to evernote to the cmo of evernote <laughs> and and i guess i will do that <laughs> <laughs> i'll offer them the, them some support i i really like the tool and and yeah, yeah. you know i don't want to blame anyone i know how how hard it is but mm-hmm. the, the interesting thing with evernote is i mean they were a first mover mm. um and then and so many came up to it. Yeah, so many came up. But honestly, if I ask you who is a competitor of Evernote, yeah, do you know one? I mean, most of the people, yeah. they don't even mention an, an, a competitor. That there is, they're really in a good situation, but they're not yeah. using it. They're not using um, it. That's and, true. That's true. And, 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 and that's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know Apple's got one. There was another Notes or something. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. Uh, I've never switched from uh, using uh, Evernote for the past, I don't know, you know, seven, eight no, years now. Well, it's one of the things we discussed also. And and I think yeah. that's one of, that's a part of it. So um, I remember when, uh, when, 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 when we had the, the early days in our, uh, in our products and uh, not everything was set up and the product team said, um, hey, we have this and that is new, or we have maintenance. Can you send? Can you send emails? I said, well, guys, send emails about everything. That's not a problem. Mm. But I don't think that this is the right experience. Mm. If uh, you are in a product and then you get emails and you have to look on a website, maybe how mm. to do something. And, mm. and I think you know that's that's one of the problems of Evernote. They're not using their their, their product experience. So if they would show and they have great case studies and everything if they would use it inside of the product, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you kind of get a pop-up and see, hey, well, look, this is Lucy. She's using Evernote like XYZ. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, well, that's a cool idea. But I'm not going to go on their website because I'm already a user. So why should I mm-hmm. go on their website? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, that, that's, it. that's one of these disconnections, right? They do the marketing, mm-hmm. the traditional marketing, uh, and, uh, and, and they, they, they talk about their product, but only on the website or in press or wherever, but mm-hmm. not in the product. They're not mm-hmm. do, making that connection um, yeah. and that's yeah. holding them back. Yeah. And what about, what's your experience been? So I, I know you just shared about this company who did it by personally onboarding everybody uh, on a one-to-one basis. But what about, you know, now you, within the softwares, you can have, you have the technology that you can sort of onboard uh, clients that way. You, know, you can explain each feature um, while you're virtually sort of onboarding them and say, and teach them this, this is, this is the possibility. This is the possibility. Um, I, I, like, have you come across any study on like maybe what's doing better or what, you know, what's the future looking like when it comes to especially SaaS businesses? Yeah, it's different. Um, there's different approaches uh, to that. Um, and depending on, on, on what kind of product you have, right. Mm. The more, the more complex a product is, the mm. more features you have, Mm. Um, the more training you need, uh, the better it is to use a personalized onboarding just to, to, to avoid what we just mm. discussed, uh, mm. uh, that, that the users yeah. do not use all of the features or, yeah. you know, it's, I think about, think about the Adobe products. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> now, Adobe, meanwhile, has everything in the cloud and you can download that and you can, uh, you can purchase it. But yes, they can do that because there's already uh, millions of users. But imagine mm-hmm. they would have started like that. Nobody mm-hmm. would have used that because they're so complex. I mean, yes. you open that software and you don't know what to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, and, and I think they didn't even think about that probably. Um, yeah. But there are other products as well, right? If you, if you use something like Miro, the virtual yes. whiteboard uh, yeah. tool. I mean, yeah. there you can get started without having a, a personalized onboarding. And you, you, maybe you, you even don't want to have it. Hmm. But there are other ways to, to do that, right? You can, you can do that in the product. Um, in the product, to, to yes. really kind of do that onboarding. Yes. Um, or, or, or at, 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 you know, having, I don't want to say a tutorial because it's, this is anyway uh, necessary, but there's definitely different ways to combine it with the, with the product. And by the way, yeah. Miro is a good example. Uh, yeah. they, 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 they really use that. You have these little pop-ups, which, do, which are not yeah. annoying, but they show yeah. you, hey, did you share this? Did you see what your team member uh, did on that board? Yeah. Stuff like that. There's smart way to kind of yeah. onboard you uh, yeah. with their t- all their templates, right? Meanwhile, they have, uh, you, can, you can go and upload your best boards and then they choose. Uh, so they kind of onboard you with best examples from, from well-known companies and show you, cook. Th- this is the kind of board you can create. Mm. Uh, this is what you have to do. Um, and that's a fantastic job yeah. without a personalized yeah. onboarding, right? So yeah. it, it works both sides depending on the product, but yes. it happens in the product yes. and it happens really in a kind of educational way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You know, to, that's one way of doing one-on-one onboarding, but the another way is, is education within the uh, product yourself. I, I, a couple of days ago, or a few days, last week or something I was working on because we are rebranding or, and doing a new website and stuff. Right. So I had to uh, do my div, uh, designer, the web designer. I, I wanted to give a wireframe, right. Because I'm doing the copy. I'm doing, I am doing the wireframe. They are just going to do, the grunt work, right? So I was like, okay, what tool, what tool? And I came across Miro, right? And Miro had the template for a website wireframe. I was like, what? <laughs> and they've made it yeah. so easier. Like I'm talking from a non-techie person's point of view, right? I'd, I I want a simple way to wireframe a website so I can pass on that info to the people who are going to do the tech work behind it. I, it, was, it was really, yeah. really fantastic. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, and and that's where 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 marketing uh, can can uh, or what what marketing can leverage, because mm-hmm. then you know when you have that onboarding experience like that, um, automatically you have uh, a different level of user activation. You have higher retention. You have lower churn. Yes, uh, and these are all the things which come automatically with it. Yeah, uh, and then you know you 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 can you can reuse that, and th- and that's why I, why I really believe that marketers should get more into that, the whole onboarding experience because hmm. look, um, the, 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 the product folks are great in, 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 in building the product and the sales guys are great in, 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 uh, in, uh, in selling them. And I think marketing is good at explaining things at understanding what to explain to home and really create an experience. I think hmm. we're good at that. Yeah. So why don't we, why don't we use that? Why don't we use startups that knowledge uh, you know, we have the we have the customers and the users the, all, along all the journey. We learn so much about them, but then mm. we stop before the onboarding. Mm. Um, and that's something I think uh, you know we don't use one of the most powerful assets there. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I remember David Breyer talking about this. And I mean, he's a brand guy. He's not even a marketer, right? But what he said really hit me. And I was thinking, oh my God, marketers miss out on that. And what he was talking about was that uh, branding is not just about uh and before you get the the uh, the talk that you have before uh, signing up a customer right so because we focus a lot on that right we need to we need to sign up some uh, the customer next customer and and sales marketing everybody is focusing on that right and then they forget about the middle part after you've signed up right that experience and then the post experience right where like 33% of probably sales lie there and and i was like oh my god that is so true because because your focus just Ninety ninety five percent or something is on the first end of uh, of the cycle, and then you forget about the rest. And what happens is then you lose the customer, uh, or you you yeah. know they don't end up having the experience that they desired, right? And which isn't yeah. uh, you know your product's potential is a lot more. Absolutely, uh, that that's a that's a nice way to say it. And and you know th- this is what you can reuse for the brand, mm. um, and 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 reuse easily, right? And um, and and brand brand drives then again demand mm. and and grows. So it's it's a loop, right? We're not thinking yes. in these typical funnels anymore. Yes. But the whole experience is really something you can use. The experience goes into the brand. It it fuels the growth engine, and then you yeah. have more users, and and you get a better um a, a better experience yeah. at the end. Yeah, Kalim says it's the, the acquisition, acquisition trap. trap. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's trap. what it is. Yeah. Acquisition yeah. trap. Yeah. All the don't don't build a brand just bring us leads i know yes yeah we'll do, <laughs> exactly. we'll, we'll, we'll do tomorrow <laughs> yeah yeah imagine I having uh, i'm sure that most meetings ha- um, happen like okay how many leads did we get how many people do we sign up and if we talk about well i was actually busy building a brand they'd be like what what is yeah. that <laughs> yeah why did you do that <laughs> yeah 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 I I I know it 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 happens a lot, and you you need to find the right balance, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. The, 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 you you cannot, of course, not not spend eighty percent of your budget on 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 brand building, uh, for sure. Yeah. But yeah. I I I I'm I'm a, I'm a big believer of uh, of building a brand, and that's also what I what I what I showed startups, um, because you know it's a differentiator, and yes. uh, a, a brand is something. You know, you can easily you can easily destroy your lead uh, funnel, and that goes mm. quite fast if you make the wrong decision. Yes, but the brand the brand is something you know it's sustainable. Um, yes, that's for that's for Kalim. Uh, this is uh, Kalim's topic, uh, yeah. sustainable growth. Yes, um, but it's this is something you know this is the long term thing, and and that's what you have, and uh, and I think many startups underestimate that uh, and say, oh, we don't need a we don't need a brand. This is only. The only other level which is on top of that are these guys, these founder guys who, who tweet then and say, yeah, we have now 5 million ARR and uh, we didn't do any marketing. <laughs> I said, Lucky you. Yeah. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're not going to make it uh, another five months because you, of course you did marketing. Yeah. How did you find yeah. your customers? Yeah. Uh, how did you figure out what customers you have, right? Yeah. So that's exactly. kind of the same category. No, we don't. We don't. We don't do marketing, right? Mm. It's like mm. at Oh no, no, we never. We never had any sales. No, of course not. Mm. Um, and uh, we don't need a brand. It's, a, it's 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 the same thing. I think you need to far find a smart way, and that's that's what what I what I what I what I what I meant. You know, take what you have, take mm. these assets uh, from the product experience, and bring that into the brand. And there was discussions. 
because mm. you know that's what you have. Everyone is focused on the product and the product experience. So if mm. you take that and say, to, well, "I will build a brand around my onboarding or, or or things like that," it's much yeah. easier to explain your CEO than uh, yeah. saying, "You know, I'm gonna spend uh, 100k on a media campaign." Yeah, yeah. So uh, when it comes to product first marketing, if I was to ask you, is there like one specific tactic or a strategy that you could share that you know it works and a lot of uh, uh, SaaS businesses are missing out on? Is it is there one that you could share? Um, I would not say there's there's one specific strategy. I mean, we talked yeah. a lot about the onboarding, and I think this mm. is the core. But I have it in I, I have it. Uh, uh, in five in five stages, right? This is the framework, the the underlying framework, um, and this is C. It's uh, try, it's apply, it's rate and share. So basically, um, at C, it's it's everything how uh, customers or users perceive the yeah. product and the product experience. It's try, it's when you get your hands on, especially when you have a product led model. It's mm. apply when you start using it, and then we come to the onboarding also. Mm-hmm. It's rate when you start talking about it. Uh, when you really customers talk about it, it's that phase. Yeah. And then the last phase is, is that share phase. Uh, when, uh, when you kind of turn your customers into fans and they go yeah. out, uh, yeah. and, and share that. And, and, and especially the, you know, the first and the two are kind of the, the drivers for it. And then the third and the fourth and the fifth stage are then kind of getting, giving you back the, the, the experience, which you can use in for the brand and for the growth. So yeah. these are the five, uh, the five essential stages. Uh, of the framework and it's just yeah. it's easy you know just think about it um and and i have a couple of examples the superhuman is one example um yeah. bad example ever know we talked about but just think about it and say see try apply rate yeah. and share and I, yeah. I i explain it on my page so so we can share the link oh yes um, and, and if you go through these these five steps then you know quite well um, what what is behind the, the the product first marketing approach and how you can really identify uh, whether you use that and what you can use from your product experience. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Love that, love that. Now, a quick note that this show is sponsored by Amplifyology, previously known as Repurpose Den, helping you become a favored brand and not just the cheapest option. Through equipping you with tools to amplify your voice, defy obscurity, and ignite your brand without the guesswork, the unnecessary ad expense, or pulling off a massive event. You'll also find best bits uh, of this show repurposed into short clips on my channel, bit.ly forward slash spreading ideas with Amber Khan. Now, Dirk, I know you've got your own personal blog, um, um, but what other tactics, if any, do you employ uh, to amplify your voice so that it may reach your intended audience? Can you repeat that, Amber? You broke up. That if, you know, do you, you have your own personal blog. I know you, you share your thought leadership there. What other tactics do you employ to uh, amplify your voice so that it, your thought leadership reaches the intended audience? So um, writing on a blog and, and, and on my website is, is, is definitely one thing. And the other, the other two things I, I really like to do is uh, being on a podcast. Uh, and, uh, and then, uh, sharing that on events, um, especially in, in, in these times, uh, where we, where we cannot meet, it's for yeah. me more important. Um, yeah. you know, I, I, I post on LinkedIn, but I don't post every day. 
Um, I don't uh, account uh, my success in likes. Um, it's more about meeting people and, and, and sharing that and getting feedback. Yeah. I had a, a, a great conversation. I don't know if he's online, but I had a great conversation with one of the speakers, uh, Pablo Gonzalez. Uh, yes. you know, we, 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 we kind of discussed about different ideas and, 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 and things. And he challenged, uh, uh, my, my approach and everything that's for me, uh, you know, super valuable having these yes. discussions also in our community, uh, than, uh, posting so much on LinkedIn. That's awesome. That's awesome. And those are obviously all the, uh, the right tactics, um, to use as you, if those who want to amplify the voice. Now, those of you who would love to get in touch with Dirk, here's how you can connect with him uh, on his LinkedIn. It's sharp Dirk. Um, nice and easy. <laughs> Do you remember? You can connect <laughs> with him there. Now, all right. It is now the time of the interview for us. And you may be thinking, what is it? Gossip time or share the fun pickup lines time or tell an embarrassing joke time. Unfortunately, we are not that type of a show. Well, not yet anyway. But what it is time for is... The 48-hour challenge time. So, Dirk, this is where I ask you to share what is that one thing that our viewers and listeners can implement in the next 48 hours to align their product, marketing, and branding that doesn't cost them an arm and a leg or requires a large team to execute it? So I'd say there's two options. Option one is you take the time and you go through the five stages I explained and really think about where can you reuse your product experience. And if you say, I'm super busy, um, I don't have time for five stages, then you take the third one and you think about what can you do better with your onboarding and how can you use that for your brand? Yeah, love that, love that, and and uh, and I believe that you can get some of it done <laughs> in the next forty-eight hours if you were uh, keen on it <laughs> um, and and wanted to and, implement it. And and I'm and I would be happy if uh, if uh, if uh, uh, someone wants to reach out and wants to yeah. challenge that uh, or, or wants to get some support. Uh, I'm uh, I'm happy to jump on a call or answer any questions. Yeah, that, that, that's what I love to do. Those who are up for this challenge, do tag him. You gotta let him know. You gotta let Dirk know <laughs> that you're on it and, Absolutely. and, um, and, and connect with him, um, uh, for sure. Alrighty, folks, for all those watching us live today, I heart you. I really do. These lives wouldn't be fun without your support. Uh, Kaleem, you, he's always there. So I have to call him out because he's always there supporting me. Yeah. Um, thank you, Dirk, Please. for joining. And sharing your genius and your dynamite self with me today. <laughs> Thanks a lot for having me, Amber. Oh, it was really fun. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Take care. Toodaloo for now. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.